0: Baker Mayfield, undraftable,
1: off my board. The
0: Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield.
2: What a beautiful throw by the Baker. Big vista, baby! What's up, Browns fans? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, and... Coming at you for the weekend edition here with a great guest, Doug Maria. I think you guys are really going to like it. Um, Talking about a lot of Stefanski and Mayfield, as we are obviously going to be stuck talking about for the foreseeable future. It's hard because the Browns play a game this weekend, which could be the last game for guys like Jarvis Landry in Cleveland. There's a lot of huge decisions coming. But unfortunately, the big thing we're stuck talking about because of the mainstream You know, the article from Mary Kay and your opinion on that and and, and whatever is it's it's the focal point here is the quarterback and Baker's response to that tweet and how this is all the relationship and all of it is it's the focal point here. And, And I and I know you may get tired of hearing me talk about it. I promise there's different things coming, like I said. On yesterday's podcast, but I'm going to get opinions on this from a variety of different people. Doug is definitely one I always want to get his opinion on it, and we go a a little bit all over the place when we're talking about Mayfield and what the future could look like. So, you know, I don't really have much to say about this weekend's game. You know, I think I even get to Doug uh, with a little bit about it. It's, it's like, uh, it's a game I don't want anybody who's important to the future being out there and getting hurt. It's meaningless to Cincinnati. it's meaningless to Cleveland. We'll see how hard they ultimately play and if they win, the weather looks like it might be a little sloppy. I don't know, but you know things things are gonna come out for me on the Mayfield stuff next week. I'll have some articles on it. I'll have some different things looking at how the the mechanics crumbled the the uh, you know the mental side crumbled and whether he can regain form. I'll give my opinion on that. His relationship with Stefanski, so on and so forth. So more to come. More to come on a lot of players. Uh, but I do wanna just warn you that we're getting a lot of these opinions. We did a Twitter spaces last night that had like seventeen hundred people in it. People who are really passionate about figuring this out for the for the Browns. They want to get to the root of it. And, you know, if you get a chance to join those Twitter spaces, there's a they're a lot of fun. You should try to do it. So anyway, let's get to today's weekend episode. Hopefully you guys are having a great saturday or early sunday when you're listening to this and a big thank you to doug for joining us i think you guys will enjoy this interview let's get over to it right now doug you and i have had conversations through the years now that have ranged from they should lose every game to get the best draft pick possible to do the browns have too many good players we've been all over the board okay we've gone at
0: range wide range
2: <laughs> we have gone laps in this whole thing man i want to know when a season like this hits full of adversity, is there is is this the type of thing they can rebound from? I mean, you take time, you separate. I think you all come back together and can make it happen. But it feels like things are getting public and maybe they get more public in the next few weeks, in the next few months, even. I don't know. But what's your general feeling as this thing comes to a conclusion on Sunday? I forget they do play a game Sunday.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just so disappointing for the fans because it felt like they had so many pieces in place. And to have a Baker injury so early in the year, throw things off to such a degree. And I think the not only the losing, Jake, I mean, that's the thing. You think this team we thought was a legit contender to get to the Super Bowl and to not even make the playoffs. That is a disappointing season in and of itself. But it's been so confusing. Right that like you it's been hard to try to trust your eyes and your gut about like what's up with this team and what's up especially with the quarterback that okay, it doesn't seem like he's playing that well well he's hurt, we know he's hurt, but how much is that affecting things? Well, you know just that constant back and forth and the constant hovering of the future over all of this just sort of made the frustrations of the present even worse, right that I just. For for the people who love this team, for the fans who are just really waiting for a winner here, it was a it was about as fr. Because like Jake, on some level, like even zero sixteen, they just stink. They just yeah. stink, right? Yeah. It's terrible, but they just stink. It's it's simple. They're terrible. They don't have any good players, but they're they're stinking and they're trying to get better. This was so much more complex than that. And again we were joking you know angst it's just very angsty and it's an angsty end to an angsty season
2: well that's where i would think that like logically we are at a crossroads as a almost as a fan base i think that we have dealt with some miserable stuff that led up to the decision by Sashi brown and that's a long gone discussion but they tanked no no way around it they tanked collected as much as they could and then we're okay okay we can suffer through really really bottoming out here as long as there's a payday at the end and mm. you know you you go through 18 you see some promise 19 crashes in your face but 2020 happened and that was the thing man that's the thing that we're right there it's happening it's unfolding in front of us and then this happens so i think you have a boiling effect of fans who thought this thing was going to be linear that it was just going to go keep going up 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 and 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 it was just going to reach a culmination in a super bowl by the, you know by the time 2025ish happens Who knows? Still could. But what I'm saying is I think it's fans not understanding that the NFL does have the ups and downs of scheduling difficulties and injury luck and some of those things, and those ebbs and flows seem to be missed sometimes. Would you say that this anger or the angst is the word you used is rooted in the fact that people have just been waiting for the payoff and maybe the payoff hasn't quite hit the way they expected.
0: Yeah, no, I think I think that's a, a smart way to look at it, that, you know, the, the difficulties of getting here, even though there was a plan, and even though in a lot of ways the plan was executed, almost the promise of the plan almost made it worse, because it was so targeted. It was like, okay, we're going to go down here, and then we're going to target out there in the future, and then when we get to the future, it'll be better. And it is better right? It's angsty, but it is better. They have more good players. They have a lot more good players than they did when they went one and 31 over two years. So like that part of it is true, but so much of everything in the NFL is tied to a franchise quarterback. And so much of the frustration for this franchise has been the lack of a franchise quarterback that it's an outsized emphasis on what is already the most important position in football. So, when you really run through it, right? Like you can run through the defense. You can run through the guys. You can run through how they go about it. Feel pretty good about it. You can run through the offensive line. You can run through the running backs. Feel pretty good about it. They've got to fix the receiver room, obviously, but there's a lot here that works. It's just that the number one thing isn't working right now. And, if they had had the number one pick in 2019 or 2020 instead of 2018 and they had Kyler Murray or Joe Burrow, you know, the Cardinals and and Bengals aren't any smarter than the Browns that they have Kyler Murray and Joe Burrow. That's just who the guy was at the top of the draft then. So, you know, that part of it too is like, man, like, did you just maybe not quite hit the year? Although, you know, Baker certainly has done good things here. Um, But I do think you're smart to say the idea that, The targeting of the plan, like where's the payoff, the fact that the payoff, when you should be in payoff time, you're in losing record time again is frustrating even more.
2: It's frustrating, too, when you like you just kind of mentioned tying Joe in, you're watching the Bengals do it, figure it out. Although it's you got to remember, the Browns went 12 and five last year. The Bengals went as as a possible greatest outcome here is is 11 win. I mean it's just like however you want to view it it's the division is better last year than it is this year obviously so you know it is it is tough because you're watching Joe thrive and it's just down the the interstate in Cincinnati and that part of it all pushes together I'll just you're right about the quarterback thing and for good or bad you can you can do the injury stuff and that's fine but I think we can all agree that it went beyond just injuries and went to what he was seeing with his eyeballs how he was processing things. And I, I know that all of that can tie into it. The physical can tie into the mental. Nobody's denying that. But is there a path, Doug, to put it simple, is there a path where they can, mend? I don't even know if it needs to be mended. I don't know. I Based on some things we're seeing, based on Baker's reaction on Twitter today, based on AVP's comments today, maybe there is no mending. Is I, But what I'm getting at is, based on everything you've heard from Andrew Barry, and everyone's collective thoughts on the quarterback position, how Baker played, Adding it all, is there a path forward here, or do you really think that they might end up moving on for something else this offseason?
0: So uh, I've been leaning uh, a lot of my thoughts on this on on sort of how things have gone historically with similar quarterbacks who were drafted high in the first round in similar situations, and most of the time, and I've said this a few times, if you enter year five as a maybe, it's not going to work out. Yeah, that there have been guys who are yeses by year five, like clear yeses. There have been guys who were yeses. And by a yes, I mean, do you get a contract extension? There are guys who were yeses who then turned into no's. Mm-hmm. There have been some noes, you know, Sam Darnold. He's a no, Josh Rosen. He's a no. I mean, there's a plenty of guys who were noes Baker's not a no. he's a maybe, but most of the time, if you're hanging on this long, I, I don't know that it's ever worked out that there's been like, Oh, well, well hang on. Well, you know, We'll pick up the option for year five. And then in year five, it suddenly clicks and everybody's happy. And then you're rolling. Like, I almost think like that has never happened. So then if you're there, and I'm just trying to think about this as Kevin, Bear, uh, Kevin, Stefanski and Andrew Berry might think about it, if you look and say, what really are the chances of, let's do one more year. And after that year, you're going to be like, yep, this is it. This is the guy for the next 10 years. What are the chances of that? Historically, they'd be very, very low. And so then if that's the case, then why are you doing year five? Why aren't you looking for a change now? Because do you you think that you maybe you don't have a chance to get a, a, a quarterback who gives you as good of or a better chance to win in year five? I just think that they might view it that way and decide, the upside of what we're holding on for isn't there. And if we're going to move on anyway, we're still in a winning window. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not not trying to go find Patrick Mahomes, but we just think we might have a chance to find a guy who just keeps us moving us forward in the right way. And the long-term chances of Baker being the guy are just are just probably pretty low.
1: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate – That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed.
2: It's not impossible, but there is, isn't. I mean, there's like Bortles and Winston and Mariota and Tannehill are the guys that come to mind who got to the fifth year without an extension. And those guys all found other locations. There's, there's no, there are some guys like the Dax and, uh, Uh, I'm not sure when Russell Wilson signed his next second contract, and even Kirk Cousins, who hung around past, I think they hung around past what would have been a fifth year if they were first round picks, but the the data is not on the side of either the team or the quarterback here, so you're right, is there still a window where a team like a Washington or a team like a New Orleans might say, we'll give you a Carson Wentz-like deal, we'll take that guy off your hands, We'll see if there's anything there. It's not a bad offering for us because we, the upside of it is not as bad as the downside of it because the upside is it hits and he figures it out. But if you let him go into year five and you run the contract out, there's no value then. You have nothing. So their window of trade opportunity is this offseason. Now the shoulder complicates things a little bit, but that's the window. You can't cut him and then you can't go into year five with him because no one's taking a quarterback in season like that. So I think you're right. If they're going to do it, they got to do it now waiting until the end and playing it out is just such a such a high risk, you know, that is it's 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 hard to see something good coming of that. It could he could go back to being the version he was in 2020. I I'm guess that's what they're asking themselves, right? Can he go? The big question is, is that guy still in there or is this the new version or, you know, like this? Let me put it this way. He's had a run of 40 games here. Thirty six games. 12 of them were really good week seven to the playoffs last year, 2019, not very good this year. Not very good. So your data isn't overwhelming, Doug. So I guess it's like, did he just have these 12 games where things fell into place at the perfect time? Or is that guy there in the future? That's the question, right?
0: And I do think it factors in and all of us thought Baker Mayfield played very well in the second half of last year, but Even within that, he's not at the top, 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 right? In terms of raw talent, in terms of playmaking ability, there's still a, 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 the best version of Baker is still a little bit of a specific version of a quarterback, right? Yeah. That you kind of need the offense to fit him. And that's not, there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying when you have, uncertainty and you think about upside and downside the highest highest upside of baker mayfield still is not as high of upside as some guys in the league and there is a downside we saw the downside of course he's injured of course he's injured i mean like everybody listening to this knows that's a huge monkey wrench in this whole discussion he clearly was not himself physically this year but as you said i don't think you can just only say he was injured yeah so It's like, what's the upside you're holding on for versus the risk of the downside that might cost you another year of Miles Garrett and Nick Chubb and Denzel Ward in their young primes? And I just like think when you think of that cost analysis, right, of what's the best case scenario, what's the worst case scenario, and then what's the likelihood of each hitting? It just doesn't feel like that. Then the the equation is yes, year five, yeah. and and it might be wrong, and none of this is probably fair to Baker. He he did battle through a lot of stuff, but it's not about what's fair to Baker Mayfield. It's about what's best for the Browns. And if the answer is uncertainty, you might have to again. It, to me, it, if the Browns move on, it's not because he's a no; it's because he's still a maybe, and they can't wait on a maybe anymore. Yeah. I thought. And anticipated that in year four, he would make himself a yes. That's why I wasn't afraid of a contract extension, because I thought he was ascending at the end of year three, year 4 we'll continue that, and then we'll be at this point where he's a yes. He's a yes. And we're not at that point. And at some point, how long are you holding on? And then what are you holding on for?
2: Yeah, I completely agree. I haven't really even thought of it this way myself, but when you weigh it out in front of you. It starts to become staggering on the, even if you still believe in him, side of things about the long-term ramifications of which side you're risking more. Let's shift to Stefanski. I, I think, I could be wrong, Doug, but I think you wrote earlier in the year, it might be time for him to give up plays. I want to know your perspective on him as it finishes year two here. It seems like everybody turned on him. Now I'll continue to say, good quarterback play makes anybody love a play caller. It's the fact. It's just not, It's an it's an undeniable fact. And it does seem like, though, everybody has turned on Kevin largely tied to the production of wins and losses. But also, you know, they want the r- offense to be run a certain way. So I'm, I'm just curious where you're at him as a, on him as it goes, because if Baker's out, Kevin's the focal point. He's the guy you're keeping. He's the guy who's whose scheme, thought process, mannerisms, all of it. The way he leads is what you're leaning on. Do you still have that faith in him?
0: I didn't love a lot of Kevin Stefanski this year. Um, I think the calm that he showed during 2020, during the COVID season and sort of that very even keeled leadership, you know, in a moment when stuff's going wrong, it's kind of like, okay, man, like we could maybe see this guy get fired up a little bit or whatever. So yeah, and that's not the biggest thing. I, I'm sort of out on the offensive idea at this point. That again, the idea when he was, when it was working last year, and you're exactly right, good quarterback play and results. And you love it. It doesn't matter how you get there. You love the end game, but they're different. We know that they go about it offensively differently than most other teams. They run more 13 personnel. They rely more on the run. They are outliers. And when you're an outlier and it works, then you're a genius. When you're an outlier and it's not working, it's like, why can't you be like everybody else? So they have to fix the receiver room, but I'm, I've am i kind of had enough of six-yard passes to the tight end, and I think you have to open up the offense. And they tried to open up at times this year, and Baker Mayfield threw four picks in Green Bay. So I get that. But that's also part of this push and pull that I think we're stuck here, Jake, and I hate it for the fans that we're stuck. But again, we end up With Brown's discussions, you end up having to like pick a side. It's like, all right, the offense isn't working. Well, is it the quarterback's fault or the head coach play caller's fault? That's awful. But it's also kind of real because the offense didn't work. You can't put up fewer than 17 points as many games as they did and think the offense worked. But I almost feel like how are you going to get a read on Stefanski if it seems like he doesn't trust his quarterback and if you change the quarterback, then you can figure out Kevin Stefanski a little bit more. Yeah. That's part of this too. So I don't love it. I feel like the the 13 personnel um, and some of that outlier stuff, it's a good thing to do. Like when you don't have the talent, sometimes because you're trying to be different, you're different to prepare for. But these guys do have some talent now and they have to get talent in the receiver room. And then if you have pretty good talent, then I think it's okay to play like everybody else. And it just, you watch enough games, Jake, and you're a a thousand times the the film guy that I am, but sometimes you just watch football and you watch other teams complete like 30 yard passes to their receivers. And it looks kind of (laughs) easy, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. And you think to yourself, what would it take for that to happen in a Browns game? If the Browns completed that pass, it would feel like a miracle. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm kind of out on feeling that way.
2: Yeah, it, it's uh, you could feel like you're watching a different sport. Listen, I can be all in on the idea of multiple tight ends up to three, but they better be ass kickers. They better be the, you know, the Patriots peak was Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. And, and for all Aaron Hernandez did and went through and all that, he was a hell of a football player. They were really good because they were putting really good tight ends on the field. I like Austin Hooper but he's a perfect example of a guy who can sit in the right zone and make money from a guy who was dynamic on the outside, right? David Njoku, we've all thought would turn into this version of Mark Andrews or, or Travis Kelsey. He's just a pretty kind of athletic and play. his ceiling is like a B. He's like a B and he's good. I want him to be here, but he's not the player that we're all kind of pocket hoping for. We've gone three coaching staffs with him and he's never figured it out. I don't think there's some magic just waiting out there for him, but I do want to keep him. And Harrison Bryan is a fine player, too. But like you need to find receivers that can play to push the football down the field consistently. I'm all about the the, the chess game with bigger personnel groupings. It can work in certain scenarios. But if your only scenario is running heavy personnel groups as a franchise and that because that's personnel and scheme. There's a problem. You need to be able to adapt week to week to. Oh, these guys have two corners. That's really it. We need to run eleven personnel because we can really take advantage of that strong safety and that nickel. Oh, this week they have terrible linebacker play. Let's get them in twelve personnel often and and manipulate the linebackers like that. They've had a version of that. I think that's what they wanted to have, Doug. But they they figured out with with Jarvis's injuries and his slow regression, and, and, and. you know, Odell's situation it just wasn't coming to fruition. So they have to adjust. They have to go get somebody this offseason if they're ever going to be anywhere near what they thought they were going to be with this offense. Because you're right, it it does it does have some issues that I need to see I need to see Kevin grow. I I, I'm I'm very much I hate picking sides. Your point about picking sides is right though. That's what franchises have to do. It's not just fans. Franchises have to do it because that's how they make their decisions. That's who they hire fire like that's just the reality and it's unfortunate sometimes people fire the wrong person but you have to to go forward you have to pick a side and we're in the middle of it but i would like to think if they did improve the wide receiver room that kevin would identify that they need to uptick in the use of said wide receivers because it's just it's just too dominated by in the 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 tight ends that they have here are not dynamic enough i know what he wants to do right but the, the, they need more dynamic players on the field
0: and again there's the push and pull i know everybody gets upset when they don't run the ball enough but i feel like there have been times this year where they have run the ball and because everybody knows they're going to run the ball because nobody there's nobody in the pass game to fear or respect and teams stack the box and then you're running the ball with nick chubb into a nine-man box and you're not getting anywhere so then they wind up i think trying to throw to loosen up defenses and then you wind up with, you know, the Manning cast going crazy that they aren't giving the ball to Nick Chubb more. So I I do think they're stuck in a lot of ways. I mean, the idea of like, did the league figure it out? You know, that comes up a lot with a year two offense, I think to some degree, but I think that's both the quarterback and the play caller. And then again, Baker is more more of a quarterback that you sort of have to do certain things to help him rather than him doing things to help the offense. And so that's part of this too. It's just Jake, I can't, I mean, Stefanski and Barry obviously aren't going anywhere. I just can't imagine trying year three of this with these two guys and being like, Nope, that's it. Like, that's the deal. And again, I just, I, I know there's a lot of people who really, a lot of fans who really like Baker. And, and again, I wrote the thing off the Pittsburgh game of, it felt like kind of the end of Baker Mayfield. And I've had, you know, reaction both ways to that, but there, you can certainly find people who really believe in Baker. But I think when you look at the bigger picture, man, Like, for real, the way that offense worked, to just think, to say, nope, it's just the injury. And when he's healthy, that's it. They're good to go. That's hard for me to imagine. But they are. I think if they take a receiver, if with their first pick in the teens, somebody good's going to be there. And then if they use the Jarvis money, that they say They have they're gonna have whatever it is, 14, 15, 16 million of Jarvis money to give to another veteran, a different veteran receiver who's a little more explosive. That's mm-hmm. sort of like overnight fixing your receiver room. Those yeah. become your top two dot di- your guys. Peoples Jones is now three, Schwartz is four, and I think you can roll and let's go. And they have to do that. And that will make any quarterback better. But I just don't know. Do you are you sure that you do that? Baker gets healthy, and then we're going to roll with Baker and Stefanski with those improvements, and you feel great about that. I think it's hard to feel great about that.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
2: It is hard to feel great about it. Now, I have said this. What if there, okay, there's this weird world we live in, Doug, where the quarterback deals have to be 30 million or above now. What if, what if there was a deal for Baker where, hey, what about like five for 90? What about like four for 80? I, I, like, why can't Baker Mayfield make 18 million a year for the next four years? Who's telling him he can't do that? I It would be so unique to me if the Browns said, okay, we, we, may, we think Baker can get there over time, but we're not giving him 35 million a year. We're not doing that. We'll give you your fifth year salary number, you know, get you 18 to 20. I just don't know why the NFL is like, They're they're either you're a you're a starter that makes this great money, you know, 30, 28, 29, 30 a year, depending on when you sign your contract up to 35, 40 or you're nobody and you make seven million a year. It's like there's no middle market of quarterbacks. So to me, I could stomach a situation where the Browns said, hey, Baker, you know, five, 18 a year for five years. Let's run that. Maybe Baker just laughs at him. But is he in the position to do that? I don't think he is. He's fighting for his life as much as anybody else. So it's like, to me, the NFL's hindering the development of long-term quarterback play because there's no middle deal. Do you kind of get what I'm saying?
0: I do, but to me, the money is secondary, and I understand why teams are doing what they do because I do think one of the worst things that can happen to a franchise is to stick with a maybe quarterback. And I think a quick, I think a sure no is almost better than a long maybe because you've got to get to a yes, right? Mm-hmm. You're trying to get to Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or the obvious sure thing. yeses, And if you have a maybe who's been around for a long time, Do you really think they're going to become a sure yes? Or are you just sort of settling for maybe?
2: But can you stomach that money? But what I'm saying is, I totally get what you're saying. But there are only so many of those human beings on the planet Earth. I don't think there's one of those human beings coming out in the draft this year. I think there might be one at the team you cover in Columbus the following year. I don't see one this year. So my point would be, can you stomach a cheaper quarterback like Baker for something that could still make him happy? And maybe he finds it one year. Maybe he has, you know, these guys have ebbs and flows. They go up and down. Baker, the peak of Baker in 2020, do you think you can win a Super Bowl with that guy? That's my question for you. Can you win a Super Bowl propping up that 2020 version of Baker? Uh,
0: If you improve the receiving core, um, yeah. Yes, maybe. Yes. I mean, I'm going to say maybe a million times. Okay. i keep saying maybe. But yes, maybe. And again, like, I guess I I agree. Listen, here. so, I, I mean, n- nobody wanted the Browns to tank more and take a quarterback number one than I did. I mean, mm-hmm. and a lot of people did, right? Because they had never done it. They hadn't done it since Tim Couch. They were past due. Everybody else had tried. And I just think at the quarterback position, you have to keep trying until you get a yes. And so I agree with you that, I don't see, but like the quarterback draft, right? This year isn't strong at the top, but they're not at the top. If I had the number one pick and I was looking for a quarterback, I'd feel terrible, but I think there might be somebody. The Browns could take a shot on in the second round that might hit. I I do. And I think, but the other thing too, is I don't know. If you start bringing in options while Baker is here, I'm not sure how Baker would react to that. Yeah that you brought in Jalen Hurts on top of Carson Wentz. You brought in Ryan Tannehill on top of Marcus Mariota. You eventually moved away from the incumbent guys and went to the other options. But part of me is like, man, with the way stuff has gone this year, like if you bring in a guy like that with Baker next year, I don't know how that would go. So, you know, I don't know where Malik Willis is going to go on this draft. I don't know if he'd be there in the middle of the second round. I don't know where Carson Strong is going to go on this draft. I don't know if he'll be there in the middle of the second round, but I actually feel like this this is a sort of a secondary tier of quarterbacks here. And but that might be what the Browns are looking for. Like, what get your Dak in the fourth round, you know? Like, figure maybe you hit. And I just think it might be time for another swing. And if you are going to have somebody be that in between quarterback, that maybe in between guy, I think they might be better off trying to bring in somebody different because I don't know if Baker would really be happy trying to be that. I just don't know if he's built for it. He might need a fresh start to try to go do that because in his mind, he's a yes, yeah. but his play. Hasn't consistently been that here in Cleveland. And so then I just don't know if it's better for everybody to, to separate.
2: Good stuff. I like it. I'll ask you this before we go, Doug, you got, you got these two in Columbus. Do you have a preference either way of Wilson or Olave that you think fits better with Cleveland? Because it feels like both have a chance to be there. And then do you think Jackson is the best of all of them when he gets his chance to come out based on how he fit? He put up some sick, some silly numbers, Doug.
0: Yeah. I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigba is really explosive in the middle of the field. You know, one of those guys who catches a little eight yard route in the middle of the field and turns into a 70 yarder Jamar mm-hmm. chase, the touchdown that Jamar chase had chase Hadley last week, looked a lot like what Jackson Smith and Jigba has done this week. And here, you know, but for now, um, I'm definitely on the Garrett Wilson bandwagon. Chris Olave is more of a deep threat. And I, I just don't think, same like with Jamison Williams, former Ohio state guy at Alabama, the, the receiver I want the Browns to take in the first round is not a deep threat. That's mm-hmm. not what they, I mean, cause you're not, well, you wouldn't use him, You wouldn't know how to use him. I want a number one, who's the guy you can throw to on third down, but is also dynamic. Right. So it can't be Jarvis, but it can't be only a deep threat guy. So I really, really like Garrett Wilson for them. He's not as big as some guys. He's more like six foot, six one, but he Mm -hmm. plays big, big catch radius, dynamic in the air, good route runner, good hands, explosive can play the slot, can play outside. I like everything about Garrett Wilson. Will he be there when the Browns pick? I think there's a chance. I also like Drake London out of USC. Big, like 6'5", big. Really like that. Really young. And I like Traylon Burks out of Arkansas, just from highlight stuff. Again, like 6'3", or so, I think. Those are the three guys that I'm targeting. I'm less interested in Olave and Jamison Williams just because they seem like more down-the-field guys, and I think with Kevin Stefanski, you wouldn't get top value with that.
2: Love it. thanks, Doug. This is great, man. I know the listeners have opinions that are all over the place on this stuff, and you're right about the picking sides thing. It makes for it's going to make for an ugly six, seven, eight months until they get back out on the field again. But in between now and then, huge decisions to make that that could make this franchise look entirely different in a uh you know in that time span. but we're going to have I'm sure we'll chat one more time before the season starts, but always appreciate your perspective, my friend, and I know the listeners love it too.
0: Can can I offer one caveat before I go? Of course. I'm not I'm not against Baker Mayfield and I'm not against him coming back if they can figure it out. I just think um historically reading the situation all the uncertainty it's just hard for me to see it right now. You know what I mean? And I, and and I thought this guy was going to be it. I really did. I like taking him number 1 overall. I understood not taking Josh Allen or Sam Darnold there. I thought Baker was the right pick. He's done a lot of things to help this franchise, but it's hard for me to see how they get through this to the other side, which is why I am where I am. But thanks for having me on it as always, Jake.
2: This is good stuff. Thanks again, Doug. All right, guys. Thanks to Doug for joining today's show. Thanks to you guys for listening to what was a really busy week. I think we had a bunch of good guests on, some pretty good shows talking about Mayfield, Stefanski, all of this stuff Trying to give you a few, like a really full, broad picture of where a lot of people are and how this can get fixed, whether it even can get fixed. I think I'm going to try to really be aiming at looking at that question over the coming weeks as more and more things come out. Can it get fixed? If it does get fixed, what does it look like? All of those things are important because the quarterback, head coach, relationship, and figuring this out is the most important thing to your Browns returning to the playoffs and making noise in those playoffs so that is going to be a hot topic which we'll continue to hit on but we will go to other things have a game day preview coming for you tomorrow with brad ward check that out as usual going to give you all the pertinent information because we haven't really given you enough we'll give you that pertinent information before that game thanks for joining and uh always supporting the website podcast and twitch appreciate you guys go browns